0: The seventh son. Welcome to Social Minute, the podcast that looks at the social network minute by minute. Today, we are going to be covering minutes number four, which goes from three until 3.59 on the clock. Uh, we start with Mark talking about how he's going to get the attention of the clubs. Um, and it finishes with Erica saying, we're not dating anymore. Uh, well, actually, she talks about the door guy. But, you know, a couple of sentences before that, she says, we're not dating anymore. Uh, and Mark obviously then starts to panic, and uh, we'll we we'll kind of get into it because I feel this is where kind of Mark's kind of uh, kind of classism really comes through here, um, you know, where he, he's kind of talking about uh, you know the value of the the, the final clubs basically. Uh, joining me to talk about today is Gina Radcliffe. Hello, Gina.
1: Hello, I am I am not a member of any exclusive club, regrettably. <laughs>
0: Uh, I don't know. I would argue that there are some groups on Facebook that we're both members of that are, uh, I think, now secrets. So that's true. Yeah, there are some sort of, There's
1: some sort of exclusivity there. That's true.
0: Yeah. And this is and the weird thing is, I guess that's actually, you know, something that when uh, when they talk about setting up um, the Facebook, uh, the idea of it being in exclusive groups that other people weren't invited into was probably part of the design. So it's interesting and that that's where we've kind of ended up. Uh, But yeah, so Mark is basically telling Erica after he's been told that he's obsessed with finals clubs, uh, he corrected her and says, you know, not final clubs, uh, you know, and he says there's a difference between being obsessed and being motivated. (laughs) Um, And I like how, you know, we've gone from, um, you know, in the last few minutes, Mark has kind of been more flat and unengaged. Uh, in terms of he's been saying stuff to Erica but not really listening to her but now she's got under his skin in this minute things are kind of reversed where a lot of the stuff that Erica is saying is a lot kind of shorter and Mark is talking a lot more <laughs> and I think it's an, it's nice how as this kind of this scene goes on the shift starts to happen where you know at the start you know Mark is kind of just saying stuff and Erica's kind of trying to pin him down as to exactly what he ta- he's talking about and then here we we finally start to get some of Mark's kind of um, you know his thoughts on exactly why final clubs are important Um, and he's also you know he's also saying that he's he doesn't just want to get into a final club like that isn't his entire goal of being at Harvard isn't just that one particular thing although he does say you know they're exclusive and they're fun and they lead to a better life uh, which I don't I don't know that that's 100% true um but like that you know obviously that's the story that's being sold you know on the campus at harvard i would think at this particular point is that you know if you get into the final clubs then you have nothing but fun um and erica does point out you know teddy roosevelt didn't get elected you know president because he was member of the phoenix club and i i like i like to think that as with the the s on final uh, that her deliberately <laughs> mentioning the wrong club is is a way to get under Mark's skin because, you know, he says he was a member of the Porcellion and yes, he did. And I I, I kind of like that, you know, she's forcing him to kind of engage by, you know, first of all, putting an S on final and then also naming the wrong club and just kind of basically, it seems at this point, she knows that she's going to break up with him, but she's going to have just a little bit of fun on the way out.
1: Yeah, she's going um, to take him down a few pegs and, and because, again, he clearly thinks that he's... He's better than her, and you know she wants to subtly let her let him know that she, that he is not. And uh,
0: you know, I, I, I love as well how she says, "Why don't you just concentrate on being the best you you can be?" And I like the way Jesse Eisenberg plays the shock of, "Did you really just say that?" And then, of course, she's like, "I was kidding," but obviously, we don't think she, she's not kidding. Like she's she's deliberately saying that to kind of get a rise out of him. She knows that he. Like he do, he wouldn't want to hear a trite platitude. And so that's what she's going to give him, um, you know. And uh, I don't know. I I, can't, I, can't, I kind of find it funny that, you know, uh, d- she's still kind of just, you know, jabbing at him a little bit here. Um, and then, of course, he, you know, he says, you know, he, well, first of all, he complains she, she's being cryptic and she argues she isn't. Although I would say that there's a few little line deliveries that um, Rooney Mara does where she is kind of deliberately being a little bit cryptic and kind of you know, playing it so you could kind of misinterpret what she's saying. Um, And then of course he says, you know, I wanna try and be straightforward with you and tell you, I think you might wanna be a little bit more supportive. If I get if I get in, I'll be taking you to events and gatherings and and you'll be meeting a lot of people you wouldn't normally get to meet.
1: Yeah, that's the that's the that's the needle on the record sound where, you know, she's kind of like humoring him. (laughs) It's like, well, maybe this is, you know, they were just having an off night. And then she's like, oh, yeah, no, this is like you hear you almost hear like a door slamming in her brain. It's like, yeah, no, this is over. I'm not I'm not I'm not doing this anymore.
0: And I think as well, because obviously this scene is, you know, taking place in a a, a kind of busy pub. There's always a lot of kind of like background stuff, uh, which, you know, obviously, if you've watched the shooting of the, the, the scenes, you know that there's no there's no background noise. Everybody, all of those extras have been as silent as they could possibly be. And so all of the kind of background stuff is Foley work. And I like how some of the Foley work like earlier on is a bit busier. So you kind of have to concentrate a little bit to make out the conversation. Uh, But as we get towards the end of the scene, it does kind of feel like some of the there's a little less foley work as if some of the people around them are kind of hearing this argument and kind of quieting down just a little bit so they can kind of, you know, hear this couple break up. Um, And I think that's a nice little touch, kind of the foley work starts to get a bit quieter towards the end of the scene. Um, And then, of course, you know, Mark says we're dating. And then Erica, you know, says, I mean, it takes two sentences (laughs) before she's like, I want to be straightforward with you and let you know that we're not anymore. And and I like how this is the point in which Mark is like a sentence behind where he's like, what do you mean? And then, of, co- <laughs> of course, this is when she's like, we're not dating anymore. And then this is where he has to kind of clarify. And it's like, is this a joke? And she's like, no, it's not. <laughs> and it takes three it takes three statements where he's like, you're breaking up with me before he finally organizes it. Um, and then, of course, you know, this is where she kind of explains basically why she's just broken up with him by saying you're going to introduce me to people I normally wouldn't have the chance to mean. And this is, it's interesting, obviously, this is, over here it's rated 12A. I think in America it was a PG-13. So she says, what the, and then stops herself, and she goes, what is that supposed to mean? Uh, So obviously we don't get the, uh, we don't get the F-bomb in in this particular minute. Uh, And then, of course, (laughs) this is where Mark says, doing the absolute worst thing you should do in this situation where he says, wait, settle down. And then, of course, she's like, what is that supposed to mean? Like, you know, so everything that he's now saying is obviously just going to rile her up even more. Um, and then, of course, he finishes by saying, uh, the the only reason we're able to sit and drink right now is because you, you used to sleep with the door guy. And that, of course, you know, Erica states the door guy and that's where the scene finishes. Um, but yeah, so... Like at this point, like I don't know, it's one of those things where you're watching it and you're like, Mark, just stop talking. Right, <laughs> like, he's
1: like, he's like, just you, know, you know, just you want to yell to so me, just shut up and listen to her for a minute. And he's just he's just yeah. digging in, like, 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 like I don't, you know, I don't know why you're offended at this. And 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 again, it's it's you know, to me, it feels very evocative of how. You know, young men who who you know, all they really have to show for themselves is that they're smart. They they don't you know they're not particularly funny. They're not particularly nice because they don't think they have to be. That they you know when someone is you know suddenly you know offended by something they've said they. they you know, they try to. You know, I don't. I don't understand why you're offended. I. Th- I was just saying, and and you know, so, sort of you know, pushing and pushing and pushing, and then when the other person pushes back, all of a sudden, you know, they they put it on them for for being offended by what they're saying.
0: And also, I think it's interesting because uh, you know, the script has obviously told us that both Mark and Erica are 19. I think they're meant to be sophomores, from what I can tell. Uh, I didn't go to a school in America, so I'm just kind of piecing this together from context clues. Uh, So, obviously, the drinking age over here is 18. So, you know, two 19 year olds sitting in a bar drinking is not a remarkable event. But obviously, Mark has to make it clear that the only reason they've been able to get into this place and they are both drinking alcohol, you know, throughout the whole scene, you know, is because they're clearly underage and they shouldn't be in this bar (laughs) drinking. Um, So, it's nice that kind of, without ever saying at any point, we're 19 and we're sophomores in, in college mark kind of says here you know the only reason we're able to sit here and drink right now and and i i don't know it's it, it's one of the, like uh you know obviously people have criticisms for the way sorkin writes characters but sometimes he does um you know exposition so elegantly that it's kind of like oh yeah he's he's just reminding you of the character's age and the fact that they shouldn't be in this bar this scene is set in a bar where two year olds shouldn't be sitting And it's just a nice little kind of passing detail where he's like, he uses that to his advantage to kind of say, these characters are underage, so why are they in the bar? Like, you know, if you're someone who knew how old Mark Zuckerberg was, uh, you'd be thinking to yourself, well, how is Mark Zuckerberg sitting in a bar drinking alcohol? And of course, you know, Sorkin uses that to his effect, to his, you know, his, his kind of to say, oh, it's because of this person. And that that also then helps, you know, Mark dig a little bit deeper into the hole that he's already stuck in, Um, you know. And we'll find out more in the next minute that, you know, that statement's not correct. But obviously, you know, Bobby the door guy has let them come in, even though they're both clearly underage. And, you know, maybe maybe that's one of the reasons why, you know, Mark feels, I don't know, like he can kind of get away with stuff because they shouldn't be in this, like they shouldn't be in this place to start off with. So you know, Mark Zuckerberg is like, well, obviously I can, you know, go to bars and drink because I know people who will let me in. And I think that's just kind of another little, a nice little hint of, you know, the kind of the thing that, that Zuckerberg expects to kind of get away with, even if it's just as simple as something as like drinking underage. Um, you know, so I, I, I like that kind of interesting little detail that it's like, also, you know, <laughs> i don't i don't know i don't know like i don't know why he feels like this is a good line of attack Is <laughs> like is like you know just to kind of impugn her um i don't know her reputation to be like yeah we're only in here because you used to have sex with that guy over there like i don't even know like you know it's like mark why would you even go there
1: yeah like, it's just like is he making this you know i mean we, we find out that he has made this assumption you know in the in the in the next episode without any sort of evidence to, to back it up. It just you know it, it's as if he assumes that well there's no other reason why you know, a man would be nice to a, you know, a, a you know a pretty girl like you unless you were sleeping with them. Which again it, it just says so much about what he thinks of other it says what he, he thinks of women and it also really more importantly says more what he thinks about other men. And and yeah. a lot of this movie comes down to his perception of and and his insecurity about other men.
0: I mean, in particular, like, obviously, you know, the people that sue him. uh, I keep leaving out Divya Narendra, but obviously he also sues along with the Winklevoss twins (laughs) Um, and Eduardo Saverin. Like, yeah, like throughout the film, although he feels superior to Eduardo, and I think that's what that lawsuit is about, like that lawsuit is about Mark Zuckerberg's superiority, um, I think he feels intimidated by the Winklevoss twins, uh, you know, well, sure, because the Winklevoss twins are
1: exactly you know they're everything that he isn't. They're 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 super tall. They're handsome. They're popular. You know they're probably about as smart as he is. You know as much as you know it, it pains him to admit that. And it, yeah. they're they're you know all he has is that he's smart.
0: Yeah. So uh, so it's kind of interesting that you know he's also thinking. Well, the only you know he's better than the door guy because the only reason right. the door guy would let us in is because there's been some kind of exchange you know before like it's it's not because he's you know, right
1: it's not it's not it's not just because you know he could be just friends with her or you know an old classmate or something like that there has to be you know she has to have you know given him something in exchange for his kindness because that's that's how he thinks that he, he thinks that everything is transactional yeah.
0: And, and, you know, so it gives us a little tiny bit of exposition of, oh, these two people shouldn't be sitting here drinking, but also then allows it, and also frames, like, the way that Mark Zuckerberg, and again, in quotation marks, uh, thinks, because I don't know how sexist the real Mark Zuckerberg is. Uh, I don't know how much of a misogynist the real Mark Zuckerberg is. But obviously this is painting this picture of this 19-year-old misogynist who can only think in these particular terms. And, uh, you know, it's just a really kind of also i just love how quick things fall apart uh you know we go from mark being like if i get into the finals clubs you'll have a great life erica to i've we're no longer dating to wait there you slept with the door guy that's the only reason we're here like it it breaks down so quickly and also it's one of the things that you know later on in the film it happens again like there's certain there's certain events where mark zuckerberg kind of makes things worse and, you know, I think it's kind of interesting that we see this kind of personality here, you know, in particular face mash, you know, this like the hubris of him doing face mash is kind of an extension of kind of him being hurt in this scene. But it's also just that's the way he thinks is like, you know, he's got to do something to kind of get his anger out. And that's the only thing that he can think of at that, that particular moment. Um, so it's a, it's a nice little setup for kind of his personality as well. Uh, And, you know, it's worth saying as well, we're only like four minutes into the film, but we're already reaching page seven of this script as well. (laughs) So uh, things are moving quickly. Uh, But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I just kind of love how fast Like, and also, you know, everything up until this point, Erica has had to get clarification from Mark. You know, like what is this thing about genius IQs? You know, which which Roosevelt went to what final club? Like everything up until this point in the previous few minutes has been. Uh, erica having to get clarification on certain points whereas in this minute we instantly get to mark having to ask three times have you just broken up with me so it's kind of interesting to see him from being so far ahead of her in terms of the conversation to then being immediately behind her and like not understanding what's happening uh and i also think like kind of uh, you know uh, jesse eisenberg kind of plays the confusion kind of really well like you know kind of Rooney Morrow just saying, I've, you know, I've broken up with you. And then him being like, wait, hold on a second. <laughs> and then, and then kind of having <laughs> to, no, no, wait, what? Yeah, yeah that kind of, but not only just saying, hold up a second, but then also going, wait, wait a second, just clarify. And then also one final time being like, no, 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 this is like, you can't be doing this. And I, I think that's kind of interesting that, you know, like he's the one now who's kind of, you know, behind on the conversation and, you know, we'll find out in tomorrow's minute that obviously This is where Erica kind of takes the lead now. (laughs) For the rest of this scene, it's going to be about her kind of making it clear to... Uh, you know, to Mark Zuckerberg, like exactly what people think of him. Like, you know, she's broken up with him. She doesn't have to stick to the kind of, you know, c- you know, civilities of of being a, a girlfriend. And now she can just literally say whatever she wants. And uh, you know, she'll take advantage very much of that in the next minute. Uh, but yeah, is there anything else that you think we need to cover in this minute?
1: Yeah, that one line about yeah, well, the only reason we're here is because you slept with a doorman. It's just I don't think he even thinks that's an insult I, I i think it's oh you don't have to tell me i i already have everything <laughs> figured out because i i understand i understand people and, and i know how these things work and that's sort of you know you Cocky nineteen-year-old college student sort of way where they they know how people are. They 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 know how these things work. And I don't think he I don't think he means it as an insult. I think he's just like you know yeah I understand that you don't have to tell yeah, me. Yeah,
0: he knows how many people have. He's uh, like, uh, and he knows yeah, how you know how women yeah, get into he, bars. Like you know these are obviously things. Yeah,
1: he he knows he knows how human beings are, and he absolutely does not. And it's it's <laughs> just you know it, it's funny just to see that that sort of you know empty confidence. It's done. You it's portrayed very well. Yeah.
0: And I think the thing is as well, like Jesse Eisenberg, you know, I feel, I feel like, uh, because everybody in real life, uh, and I don't think I want to overstate this too much, but hates Mark Zuckerberg. And I mean, you know, actual Mark Zuckerberg, not this Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, (laughs) Although I think by the end of this film, not many people like this Mark Zuckerberg either. Uh, but I think, you know, it's kind of underrated how, like how easily Jesse Eisenberg kind of inhabits this character um you know i i i don't think i'd seen jesse eisenberg in like a ton of things before i saw this film um but i think since you know i think uh maybe i'd seen uh i don't know, squid and the whale i think on dvd i think i bought um and i know i'd seen adventureland and zombieland at the cinema i love love both of those films um you know and in both of those films he plays quite likable kind of characters um and so kind of seeing him portray this character was kind of interesting uh, because, you know, uh, you know, my, my view of like Jesse Eisenberg as an actor in the few films I'd seen him in before this was like he was very personable and kind of, you know, almost like kind of an everyman um, in Adventureland, uh, you know, kind of a coming of age where, you know, his rival is Ryan Reynolds. Uh, again, he, he seems to be coming up against these extremely attractive, uh, rivals for people's love. Uh, and so in that case, you know, he's up against Ryan Reynolds and then, you know, obviously in Zombieland, um, you know, he, I think him and Emma Stone are great in that. I'm looking forward to Zombieland 2. Um, I think that's going to be fun, um, to, to kind of see. Uh, but then, you know, like, I, I feel like, I don't know if he got typecast after this, uh, because I think, you know, like in th- stuff like 30 minutes or less or, um, you know now you see me or the double which is a great film if you haven't seen the double you really like it's it's kind of uh it's uh, you know uh Richard Ayawada is the director of it, and uh, you know it's it's kind of a really great performance from Jesse Eisenberg playing like these two kind of opposite uh, kind of well playing doppelgangers effectively, um, and that's kind of re really interesting. Um, I think maybe his performance as Lex Luthor has kind of soured people on him a little bit since this film came out. <laughs> uh, but you know, like now, I I mean I now you see me now you see me too uh, are easily two of the stupidest films I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, but I saw both of those films at the cinema more than once because <laughs> because uh, you know I think the central performances in them are, are kind of really fun uh, and you know like I say I you know I think Jesse Eisenberg is like a really a kind of a really good actor and I think um, you know that's kind of something that people maybe underestimate a little bit about Social Network because you know the role of Mark Zuckerberg is kind of the not very flashy. Like, you know, for most of the time he's sitting in front of computers typing um, and, you know, occasionally he wears a dressing gown to a meeting. But I think Jesse Eisenberg's performance kind of grounds the film because, you know, he's in, I mean, pretty much every single scene, like the amount of time he's on screen, is kind of insane in this in this film. Uh, You know, there's a few minutes when maybe we see Eduardo for like two or three minutes, but then we're straight back to Mark Zuckerberg. Like, that's the kind of focus. Uh, And in particular, the stuff in the courtroom scenes later on where he's kind of. You know, in the two different depositions, he's given slightly different performances, uh, you know, because, you know, one I think is set like a year after the other. So there's a diff- there's a kind of difference as to which Mark Zuckerberg is playing throughout this film. Um, and I think the kind of, you know, the young Mark Zuckerberg that he portrays is kind of interesting because, you know, he is kind of a bit dumb and a bit kind of naive. Uh, but also it's kind of clear that he is very intelligent And, uh, you know, I just kind of really enjoy everything that Jesse Eisenberg kind of does in this film. And I would say this, you know, there are some kind of films that he's been in. Like I say, you know, his Lex Luthor probably, I don't know, deserved its Golden Raspberry Award. Um, But I I think pretty much every other film he's been in that I've seen him in, uh, I've always really enjoyed his portrayal. Um, And like I said, I'm really looking forward to uh, Zombieland 2. I think that's going to be, you know, a fun film.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that. I sort of feel like he yeah yeah I definitely agree that that he was kind of typecast in the sort of you know you nerdy sarcastic you know, kind of kind of you know uh, sort of sort of you know, understated kind of kind of young guy role i i i don't know if, he's probably older than i think he is i, I would imagine he, i guess he's got to be in his 30s by now and then and, and i always i always assume he's like 21 or 22 because he just he just seems like that to me he's got that kind of you know sort, sort of you 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 rumpled nerdy persona and and i i don't know that i could you know buy him playing like a a suburban husband and father Be interesting (laughs) to to see him in that kind of role but but you know i i think that you this this was his uh you know he 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 picked up this role and he ran with it and has not really put it down ever since this is kind of the, the 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 role he was born to play
0: yeah i mean i think i don't know if you've ever seen the squid and the whale Uh, but I, I think it's kind of an interesting film because, you know, it's about the, it's about essentially, uh, this kind of couple who are both intellectuals kind of like getting divorced and how that affects the two children. And Jesse Eisenberg kind of plays this like daddy's boy. And it's interesting how, like, he's, he, he tried, like, in that film, he's playing someone who's like, you know, 15, 16, who's trying to be an intellectual and only does it by copying literally everything that his father says and just repeating it back to people. And it's a really kind of interesting portrayal, um, you know, in, like, in terms of, like, basically, you know, given how young he was when he actually played that role. Um, but, yeah, he's 35 now, Gina, for the record. Um, so
1: Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you <laughs> if you had asked me if you had asked me how old jesse eisenberg is i i, I was like i don't know
0: 23 <laughs> yeah he's uh so when so when he was in the social network he was playing uh 20 what 20 he was 24 but he he plays i think he plays obviously mark zuckerberg from 19 um through to uh what it's like five six years later so he plays him from like 19 through to about 26 um so it's like slightly, slightly younger than himself to slightly older, um, but yeah, even even Michael Sarah is now thirty. So,
1: yeah, good heavens! I know
0: all the which obviously is someone who apparently people confuse Michael Sarah and Jesse Eisenberg. I don't see it myself, but uh, you know. I guess
1: I- they've got the, they've got a similar uh, they've got a similar persona. I think that it's a yeah. I would say that you would you could also you could also um, kind of put in uh, Paul Dano in there. That's sort of you know soft spoken. You you kind of you you know, nerdy soft boy, but they've got a little something, you know, particularly like Paul Dano, there's something a little menacing behind it. And, you know, whereas, whereas uh, Jesse Eisenberg is something a little, you know, edgy and sarcastic, but Michael Sarah will always seem like a little, a little child. You just a little baby bird. You just want to protect forever.
0: Yeah. I would have also said at one point I would have put Ben Foster in that category as well. Uh, but I think yeah. at this point, Ben Foster has like played so many kind of like shaved head psychopaths that I feel like he's, he's exactly, successfully yeah. kind of got himself away from that typecasting. Uh, you know. Yeah. So obviously, Ben Foster also quite well known for I think it was he was in the pilot of Freaks and Geeks, was he, where he plays the kind of uh, the kid who seems to yeah. have some kind of learning disability of some sort. They're not kind of specific on exactly where it is. Um, but yeah, so I you know Ben Foster has kind of reinvented himself as this kind of crazed psychopath, whereas I think you know uh, Jesse Eisenberg and Michael Cera have kind of it's been a little bit harder for them to get away from the kind of uh, typecasting. Um, but yeah, so uh, I don't I mean you know uh, the question I'm asking people on Thursdays uh, as this podcast goes on is uh, what would you say your favorite and I you know I don't know if that's actually a term I would apply social network is. Uh, probably maybe the one that you enjoyed using the most.
1: Uh... Oh, we, I, I think I mentioned this in, 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 uh, in an earlier episode. I am, I am obsessed with Facebook, ironically, because I'm doing this podcast. Um, I only really – at this point, I only really used um, – facebook and twitter and a little bit of instagram and twitter i i it just makes me weep for humanity uh I, I i have to use it because i have to do a lot of self-promotion with my my various lines of work but it's just it's so you know you, you just stumble across just just the dregs of society there and i know it's funny because i think twitter a lot of people who love twitter think that about facebook but i think facebook you know, particularly once you properly curate your feed so that you're not seeing Posts from like old high school classmates who have gone you know super conservative, or you know, your one you know really racist aunt. Once you've uh, once you've kind of you know whittled it down so you don't have to see those posts, it's a much more enjoyable experience. I think at this point most other uh, social networks are just I, I'm very old now and and I just I, I can't figure out how to use them. Like I have uh, I have Snapchat on my phone. Uh, at one point, I had stopped using it for a little while, and they had changed the the interface. And I opened it back up, and I could not, and to this day, still cannot figure out how it works now. <laughs> and, and it's it's. it's um, you know it's frustrating. I, I realize, but but you know I have to accept that you know it's not my world anymore. You know we're, they're making these things for more tech savvy younger people, uh, and I feel like Facebook at this point has not really moved for better or for worse it has not moved on to trying to draw in you know a younger user base i think i've read somewhere that that a lot of most a lot of young people aren't using it at all anymore and that the the most active users now are people between 35 and 50, which is, which is the exact age group that I, that I fall into. So these are where my people are. I, I don't, you know, I don't know what's going to happen when Facebook folds. I mean, which it probably will eventually, or it'll, it'll be, it'll serve some other purpose. I'm not sure what's going to happen uh, because it's gotten to a point now where that is the only way that people will keep, can keep it, you know, either choose to, or can keep in touch with each other. You know, every time something has come up with, you know, Facebook selling data or getting involved in the elections. You have a lot of people who are, you know, claiming that they're going to leave, that they're going to delete their account, and never return. And certainly, in terms of with groups and all, like you had mentioned in another episode, that that we're in a couple, you know, private groups on Facebook. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen to those when Facebook, if and when Facebook is no more, because. There's been a couple situations where some, oh, well, let's make up a, let's create a, a Slack chat room. Yeah, let's do that. And then nobody does <laughs> anything with it. <laughs> yeah, everybody signs up for it. You know, everybody makes, creates a, 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 you know, a user ID. And then nobody wants to make that jump. It, it just seems like, you know, no one's going to want to start from the ground up again. So it, it's, I, I hate to say it's a little scary to think about, but it's a little scary. I've become very dependent on it.
0: I think uh, you know. I think Slack is mostly business. I think uh, Discord is the big one for people who want to have like a group. Yes,
1: yeah, I never, I've never even used, I've never even oh, used Discord. I, I used, never there was even uh, used it.
0: something that I needed to use Discord for, so I, I like logged into it and I was like, "This is complete. I can't. I don't understand what's happening. I'm gone." I cannot come back here, uh, but yeah, I think Facebook does need like you do need to kind of really kind of curate it and get it to a point where you're only seeing stuff that you want to see, or just join a bunch of groups and only kind of posting those those groups. Um, that's probably the best way to manage it. Uh, so, I feel like we said about as much as we can about Minute Four. So, let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug, Gina?
1: Yeah, I co host the Kill by Kill podcast, in which we talk about horror movies according to the characters. Um, I write for The Spool, which is a uh, movie and TV review site. And I have my own website at ginaradcliff.com.
0: And you can find us on MySpace at myspace.com slash The Social Minute or on Twitter at twi- social underscore minute or on Facebook at The Social Minute Podcast. Uh, thanks for joining me today to talk about Minute Four today, Gina. Thank you very much. And otherwise, I will see you tomorrow.
1: It's quite possible that I'm your third man. But it's a fact that I'm the seventh son. It was the other two which made me your third. But it's my mother who made me the seventh sons. time,